0: Listening to Rattle and Pedal, Diversion Thoughts on Marketing and Growing Professional Services Firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay.
1: Are you ready to get radical? This is Jason Maliki and I am here with my co-host of Rattle and Pedal, Jeff McKay. And today we are inviting on a guest, the Mama Bear. Mama Bear, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into what we're going to talk about.
2: Awesome. So I'm Jody Paydar, the Radical CPA. I am principal and CEO of New Vision CPA Group in Chicago, which is a small accounting firm. I also have a media company because I have over 660,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I'm kind of a social media person. Kind of, I say. And I also am a bot advisor and accounting ambassador for BotKeeper, which is a new Google funded artificial intelligence bookkeeping technology company that is partnering with CPAs to kind of do the AI of accounting work. So Hmm. I I have lots of roles.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. So the most important role is what's mama bear?
2: I don't know, Jeff. You tell me
1: because he gave me that nickname. Oh, he made that up. I thought that was like a thing. That's why I opened with that. So I apologize. I didn't realize it.
3: Actually, it actually is a thing. In addition to being a thought leader in the CPA technology space, Jody is a phenomenal leader. And if you ever have an opportunity to see her work with her team and her people, she is very much like a mama bear. You do not challenge or threaten her cubs. She's a phenomenal leader. And if we ever do another episode on how to get the most out of your hypos, Jody will probably be back to join us for that, that podcast as well. So one of the best characteristics I've heard that a lot of people may not get to see is her leadership. So... I call her mama bear.
2: So, no, thank you. So, and I have to say that when Jeff first gave me that name, I kind of took offense to it because I kind (laughs) of, I kind (laughs) of didn't get it, but I think I've kind of morphed into it from a leadership role because I really understand now what he meant by it. And I I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, I think, fine. As a woman leader, sometimes you don't want to be associated with the feminine qualities because you feel that, and I don't say that all men, but like, you know, it kind of has a connotation to it, right? But what I realized is that by embracing the things that make me me, it really makes me a better leader. And I think that's what why people connect to me. And so when I say that I'm Mama Bear, I protect my team and they know that I'll go to bat for them. And I really take care of them. And, and I think that that's sometimes missing in business, right? Is that people are all about it for themselves and not necessarily taking care of their team or the greater community, right? So if you look at my LinkedIn community, which has tons and tons of followers, um, I think the reason they follow me is because I take care of them, I teach them, I develop them, I help them grow. And, And so from that, that's what I think mother bears do. And so that's kind of me in a nutshell.
1: That was amazing, by the way. I feel bags. I think I took us on a tangent at the opening of this episode unintentionally, because we're here to talk about your point of view, because you actually have a very distinct and powerful point of view. And my assumption is sort of your rise to visibility, you know, your rise to having 600,000 plus LinkedIn followers and sort of being this leading voice in the accounting community stemmed from that original point of view. So could you kind of just give us a, I guess, the the, the high level of so, when you think about your point of view that you've crafted over your years in the business, how would you describe
2: it? So, my brand is technically the Radical CPA. And really, what it was is, you know, 10 years ago when I left an old school CPA firm and I started working with small businesses who looked like me, acted like me, and talked like me. And they use this thing called the internet, which they now call the cloud. Um, <laughs> I, I started to work differently with them. And at the time, the technology in the accounting space was not where it needed to be. But I realized that as I used the cloud, I needed to change my business model. And I kind of evolved and was really one of the the inventors of what I'll call like the new firm business model. And realistically, what happened was is I started blogging, not because someone told me to blog or I wanted to do it from a marketing perspective, it was really a way for me to quantify and clarify my thoughts as all this stuff was changing around me. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And then I started posting it on Accounting Today and develop really this brand. And because I was somewhat disruptive at the time. And I was calling people out for where they were lacking and in a very nice way, of course. Right. And so what happened is, you know, that, that spread and, and people connected to it and they, they wanted to be part of it. And, you know, essentially we went to Twitter and it was, it wasn't just me. It was another handful of firm owners who were doing things similar to me because that's, you know, where we found each other because the traditional CPAs weren't working like that together, or they they weren't doing the new things, and we needed to be, you know, pushing the envelope. And anyways, so we bounded together, and we really started a movement. And we were coined a movement by the AICPA. And and it's so funny to me because you know people talk about thought leadership and starting movements like. We did it because it was the right thing to do, not because some marketing person told us we were supposed to become thought leaders and start a movement. And so that's what I always think is funny, because I think when you talk about marketing, you know, these people talk about points of view and and starting these movements. And I'm like, yeah, like the reason our movement worked was because it really needed to change. It wasn't because we were trying to market ourselves.
3: Can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) Marketing is not a movement. We did an episode not too long ago on marketing ruins everything. We didn't throw it in there, but we could have easily thrown in there marketing ruins movements. Why do you think that it became a movement? Have you given any thought in retrospect to that or do you just go with it?
2: So... I think it became a movement and I I actually I've been thinking about this a while because now that I'm playing in the artificial intelligence space, I think it's the next movement or it's the evolution of it, right? The cloud was the first movement and this is like it, It's the icing on the cake, or you could even say it's a new movement. And and so it's really made me introspective and think about it because, like, I've been there, done that, right? So I see the power and the players that are coming into it, which I was just young and dumb. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just like I was doing it because it was the right thing to do and it was important to me. And people always say, well, what made you want to change things? It was because I had been kind of abused in an old school firm and like working a bazillion hours a week. And I was a young mother and things weren't like fair from a standpoint, if it was very much FaceTime and not based on results. And it was really about changing the culture. And I saw that utilizing new technology could change the culture of a firm and it could ultimately bring quality of life back to this profession that I had joined that I was kind of disenchanted with at the time because I thought, you know, I went to school to become a CPA and then I got there and I was like, and, and this is what it is. And so that was the underling of the movement. It was to make the world a better place. But then, what happened was, is the leadership of the AICPA and the MACPA and and some of, I'll say, the old guard saw what we not because I'm I'm just one of the people who was really in this movement. What we were doing. And they knew that the change had to come from the ground up, not from the top down. So they were very experienced, very sharp leaders. And they actually gave us some gravita to get the movement really moving. And they placed us in strategic places to talk about what we were doing. And and so it's so funny because looking back on it, I really see that the impact of those leaders behind the scenes of getting the message out to actually create the, the monumental change that had to happen to the CPA profession, but couldn't come from the top down. And what I realize now too, looking back is there were a lot of people who didn't like me because I was quite disruptive and people talk about disruption, but you really don't get it until you're the target of it, right? When people are mad at you for doing things and I'm telling you, you can't do things and calling you and saying you can't have a party because more people will come to your party than to the most important leader's chicken dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's so funny when you get called out for this stuff, but then now looking, and it took me a couple of years to figure it out, but really it was about power and money. And because I'm such a person about abundance, I never thought about it. It it wasn't, it was never about marketing. It was about doing the right thing. It was never about gaining power and money. It was always just about doing the right thing. So it's interesting when you really see what disruption is and how, when you start to move people's power and money, how aggressive they get back at you.
3: (laughs) Jody, you said something, wait, you said multiple things there. Um, You said you were young and dumb, which to me says that you either didn't see or you ignored the risk and jumped in anyway. In my experience, that risk aversion, particularly among professional services types of people who are measured to start with, really inhibits them from coming out with a very clear point of view. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I I guess to me, I didn't have anything to lose because I was starting a new firm. So it wasn't like I had Mm -hmm. this. I mean, I was joining my dad, but for all intents purposes, it really was like a new firm. And I always kept thinking, well, if it doesn't work out, I can go get a job. And nobody was doing what I was doing. And so early on, I got a lot of positive reinforcement from the people who got me. And I think that helped propel it because they're like, you're changing my life. Like everybody else needs to say this stuff, but you're the only one with the guts to say it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and my alternative too. And again, it, it, it's funny because it was like, if I decided that I wasn't going to be a CPA or that this wasn't going to work out for me, my kids were little and I was like, well, I'll just stay home. So, <laughs> so, you know, I think I had a, I had a lot of opportunity to take those risks that I think sometimes and not that it's a girl guy thing, but it wasn't like I had to support my family. It wasn't like it truly was my opportunity to be the entrepreneur that I wanted to be and to do what I Mm -hmm. wanted to do. And I wasn't worried about supporting a family or doing all that stuff. Now, obviously I've exponentially grown my business. Money has come back and like, there's all these good things. But when I started out, it was just me being me doing what I thought was right.
3: Mm -hmm. And still is. (laughs) I mean, that part hasn't changed at all. You kind of outline some other characteristics I think are really important from my perspective in formulating a powerful point of view, or as you said, creating a movement. And the first one was a willingness to walk away. Like you have options. You're not in a box. The second is something that we've talked to quite a bit about in uh, recent episodes uh, on the podcast that came out of Jason and Bob Day's thought leadership summit. And that's that real thought leaders fall in love with the problem. And I very much hear you saying that. And then the third one, and this kind of gets back to where we started with the mama bear, is your worldview about abundance, about sharing more and not worrying about a utilization or am I getting paid for this, but just sharing because you know it's going to come back to you and that it's just the right thing to do.
2: Absolutely. And that's why people buy me. And I say buy me, meaning like that authentic piece of me is because there Mm -hmm. is no there, it's just me and it's me giving love and being abundant with everyone and people connect to that. Right. Whereas I think too mm-hmm. many of these people set out to be thought leaders and then it's like, like they don't really care. It's like, it's like someone told them to do this. And so they're doing it. And it's like, but they don't really, they're not in love with the subject. They're not, it doesn't get them up in the morning. It, it, I mean, like the reason I was tweeting and writing all the time was because it was important to me and I saw it starting to make a difference. And, and what happens too, is once you start to make that difference, it's the fuel of your followers that keep you going because like, you're actually impacting their firms and they're calling you and they're sending you emails and they're, they're telling you, give me more, give me more, give me more. And, and to me, that's the fun stuff, you know,
0: you're listening to rattle and pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, prudent pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff.
1: Well, you know what I really enjoyed about listening to you sort of recant the story is just that it doesn't sound to me like there was ever a moment in time where you said to yourself, I need to define a very clear point of view in order to grow this firm or to get this firm on the map. It's almost like you see yourself or you saw yourself as the voice that just happened to be in the place at the time it needed to be there. And you channeled your frustration and you channeled the frustration of a lot of people and then you made sense of it and you made it succinct and understandable and people got behind it.
2: Absolutely. And what happened is, is CPAs, I mean, if you really look at my followers, there are other CPAs, but what happened is, is it crossed over into the small business world because regular small business owners were just as frustrated with their own predicaments. And so then they saw me as being that change person and that's who connects to me. And even that's who our clients are, the people who kind of get me from that change perspective. And they know that I've done a lot with the CPA space. And then they come into our firm because they believe in me and, and that stuff. And again, that's a point of view that had nothing to do with building a CPA firm.
1: I'm really curious about that because it's really fascinating to me. You've built this this incredible following, 600,000 followers on LinkedIn. And I'm gathering there's a good portion of them that are other small practitioners of CPA firms that they're not going to hire you for services or are they? Maybe I don't understand. So how much did that ever cross your field of vision? The sense that you're building this movement, you're building this followership of people that aren't really going to hire you, but ultimately it did lead to, of course, to clients hiring. I mean, the point of view wasn't necessarily directed at the clients. It was more directed at the industry and the clients followed is sort of what I'm gathering. Am I right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. I I never set out to impact small business with my point of view. It was always directed to the profession and making the profession a better place. Now, fast forward, top 100 firms want to buy me right? So, so obviously it made its impact, right? Cause I moved a profession, right? And lots of opportunities have come to me that never would have come to me in other ways, right? And like I do technology consulting and that kind of stuff. And so, so it's built that side of my business, but like indirectly it's built my CPA firm as well. I don't know. It's just nice to be with people who have points of view, right? Absolutely. Because you know what they stand for.
3: <laughs> that is a great point. And people pay a premium or invite you in to hear your point of view. And that point of view, particularly in, in your case, Jody, it attracts people, but it also turns them around or turns them off because your model for service is very different than a traditional accounting firm model. Maybe you could share a little bit about your model and what you give or don't give to clients and how you interact with them so people can kind of understand how this point of view actually impacts your business model and how you serve clients.
2: Sure. So, you know, our firm sells accounting, payroll, bookkeeping, tax, four quarterly meetings, you bundle it all together. It's a fixed price. You pay monthly and you have unlimited access to us. We don't bill by time. We don't charge by time. We don't even keep time. So in a professional service firm, that's very different, right? And when we were doing it 10 years ago, it was extremely cutting edge. Now it's kind of starting to change because of the movement I created, right? And the the vendors got behind it and started to push marketing dollars at it. And that's what actually made it really move. But that's the way our firm operates differently. And what happens is, is you either get it or you don't get it. You either want to connect to it or you don't. So what it's done is it really, it filters out from a sales perspective. By the time someone calls us, I already know the sale is going to close because they already get me. They already know how we work. They know everything about us and they're ready to work in that way, which is very different than a traditional firm. And so it filters out the people who don't want to work in that way, which has been, again, really cool. And the other thing is, is we know who we work with. So we only work with certain customers and I'm very okay with saying, no, we don't serve that kind of customer. And, you know, I'll refer it out. Which is very different than most CPA firms who take whatever walks in the door.
1: Jeff knows I like to tell stories. Jody, I'm going to tell a story. It's probably crack you up. So we're it, sort it of. It actually like,
3: won't crack you up, but we'll listen anyway. We're sort, <laughs> of,
1: we're, we're sort of exploring. what's well, because she has a sense of humor, and you don't. <laughs> so. we're, <laughs> we're exploring accounting relationships right now for our agency. And I met with this guy, they they called on me and I met with them. And, and in hindsight, I can see that this, this particular firm sort of was born out of your movement because they're sort of embracing mm-hmm. a lot of the philosophies of what you're saying from a cloud perspective. And very interestingly, the conversation came up about time tracking. And I looked at him and said, I'm not even sure we we, we, we track time, but I'm, I'm not even sure we should. I'm, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of resources and we're thinking about abolishing it. He looked at me sideways as if I was crazy. And what I find interesting about it is that, so here's this point of view that you've crafted and sort of like the radical firm and and the the different way it operates. And people are picking up pieces and parts of it and they're implementing pieces of it that they're leaving other parts of it out. And- possibly with their own detriment, right? <laughs> so it's just, it was interesting to me.
2: Well, right. So what's interesting to me about that is the timesheets kill innovation. So that's fine for today because he's copying my firm, but how is that going to take him into the future? Because you can't continually iterate if you're so worried and focused on a timesheet. And so that's the problem, right? So CPAs are lemmings and they copy other CPAs. So we started this movement and all these firms are copying us, but they're not building innovation into their DNAs. And if they don't put the innovation into their DNA, then in 10 years, they're going to be back in the same place with something else that they're going to have to change manage as opposed to innovate continuously. And so that's the problem with that guy who's selling you cloud and still keeping time, right? Plus, how do you build two minutes and why are you keeping time? Because at the end of the day, it's customer service that's going to build your brand and build your value. It's not going to be that you spent three minutes clicking accept on a transaction. So yeah, and it's so funny about that too, because it's hard when you create a movement to let go of it, when you see people taking your stuff and altering it to not the way you intended it, right? So like a lot of this is my, you know, IP and I see people change it and that's the internet for you. But if the movement is for the better, and that, and I'm really trying to change a profession. And if I can get them at least to some sort of fixed pricing model, and maybe in two years they get rid of their timesheets, then I have to be okay with it. And I think that's been one of the hardest things for me to accept is that truly as a leader, like the movement is about moving the profession and not necessarily owning everything that I've really been a creator of. And, and so that's what's hard about thought leadership is that like, eventually it becomes mainstream and it's not the way you intended it.
1: Couldn't have said it any better. You've talked a lot
3: about the people that love you and supported you and fuel you. What about the trolls and the and the naysayers <laughs> who, who say, oh gosh, stop. You're an idiot. You shouldn't do this. You're going <laughs> to steal people from our chicken dinner party. How do you deal with them?
1: I see Jeff. I, I love trolls.
3: I count <laughs> I trolls. I, say, I consider trolls a badge
2: of honor. That's the way I've come to it. So like I had this picture, oh my God. So I was speaking at the QB Connect conference and Intuit took the most awful picture of me on stage with like my mouth open. Of course they tweeted it out and someone tweeted it and then put a picture of someone who's funny, who I didn't even know who the reference was. And it was like, it was this awful, like, And I accepted it and said, you know, you've made it when you have trolls who like actually go to the internet, find something like do a, you know, a picture collage of it (laughs) and put it out there. So to me, trolls now are a badge of honor. Like to me, I think it, I mean, but on the flip side of it, what's really been important to me is not necessarily the people who hate me, but the people who challenge me because again, remember I said I was young and dumb. I've evolved so much because a lot of the older professionals have challenged me and they've challenged me in a good way and they've evolved my thinking. And that's what you have to do because your thoughts are never going to be the same. They they still have to continue to evolve. The world is changing. And so- So the people who don't agree with me, I'm okay with now, And I think I've gotten better at being less aggressive back towards them, which that was a learned thing because I think, uh, you know, initially I used to be very defensive and now I'm very much tell me more, explain your side because that's what evolves your thought. And that's what, you know, makes you a better leader.
3: Hmm. Paid R for president. Jeff,
1: it sounds like she's behaving more like a, more like an agency owner than a marketer. <laughs> well,
3: I say paid for president. All right, final question, and then we can wrap, we can wrap on, on this one. So this movement started some time ago, and we, we looked back on it, how you got to where you are, and it's been very positive. But if you could go back and change anything based on what you've learned over the last decade or so, what would it be? You know, what advice would you give people listening who want to start a movement, want a clear point of view? I'll allow that question because
1: it's a good (laughs) one.
2: (laughs) I think it would be, so, you know, Jeff, you say that I'm very authentic, right? And, And I know that that's the way I am. I think I would be more accepting of me being as authentic as I am. Because I think it's hard when you're in the public eye and you kind of get this internet fame And it's been an adjustment for me to kind of deal with that. And I think I wish I would have known what that was like before I started so that I would have dealt with it the right way sooner and not been so critical of myself, right? So looking back, because it took me that experience to kind of get comfortable with being famous, which is weird, right? Because you think, oh, well, you're not really famous. But my daughter says I'm like Hannah Montana, right? It's like <laughs> I live this quiet life. But then I'll be at an event in Vegas. And seriously, I'll be in my yoga pants and my Kohl's t-shirt. And someone will come up to me and go, you're Jody Paydar. And I'll be like, I am. (laughs) And so it's a weird thing to be, right? And so so that was the only thing that I wish that I would have been better prepared for is to really understand what internet fame, what would happen with internet fame. So kind of like the opposite of the troll side is, right? Like, how would I have better known to be prepared for kind of what that what that brings. And and it's not a bad thing, but you definitely you live your life differently, right? Because you know that everybody's freaking watching everything you do. And I've spent a long time building this brand and this personal brand, and I don't want to lose it. And I don't want something to be misconstrued and have to go back on it. So I think that's been something that not that I would change, but that I wish I had been better prepared for.
0: Hmm.
3: Wow. Great counsel. Great counsel.
1: Well, I will be candid in saying, Jody, I had no idea what to expect coming into this call with you. And I loved every minute of it. This was you know, way more interesting than the, the podcast I do with Jeff. So <laughs> thank you
0: for coming on with us.
3: Oh, for sure. Thank you, Mama Bear. Awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.